What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 161 are open. Today on the show, we're talking about Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity details, Super Mario 3D All-Stars sales, and new Pokemon Crown Tundra info. And to talk all about that is just me, no Bryce to wit this week. Uh, Bryce, he had a bit of a sore throat, so he said, Drew, um, the episode's going to sound like crap. I'm going to be coughing the whole time, so I'm like, you know what, mate? That's fair enough. And uh, this episode is coming to you a day later than usual. I do apologize for that, but it has turned out to be uh, quite a good thing because we can fit in the Pokemon info this week, so that's going to be pretty cool. Um, so as far as uh, stuff I've been doing this week, it's been uh, kind of um, in the other end of gaming, so been a... Uh, just, uh, just after last week's episode went up, actually, I pre-ordered my Xbox Series X, finally, and I've got to say, it was one of the hardest things I've ever pre-ordered in my life. Uh, the first thing I ever pre-ordered, gaming-wise, was a Nintendo 3DS, and that was really easy. Went to Dick Smith's, got a great sale, on- online only, um, and I pre- pre-ordered the PS5 only, was it a couple of weeks ago at this point, and that was really easy because no one knew about it, so <laughs> that kind of... Uh, worked in my favor as far as that went. But yeah, the Xbox Series X was uh, really, really hard to get. So um, obviously we all knew that that was going to be going up for pre-order on the 22nd of September at 8 o'clock. Well, it was actually 7.30 uh, South Australian time. So um, the place I was working at, because... Okay. So the place I was working at, um, it had phone service. I, I knew that it had phone service. So, all right, awesome. And we actually like clock on, like we start work at 7.30. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to hit some buttons. It's going to go through and then it's, we're going to be good. Uh, so um, I had have it up on EB Games. The sites are counting down and <laughs> I'm like, it's counted down. It's 7.30. The other guys start working. I hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. Uh, starts loading. Cool. There's my pre-order. And we're actually crutching sheep at the time. So I grab out a sheep, I crutch it. And just, I, I just feel like I've got to say this every single time because a lot of you guys aren't farmers or rural people out there. So basically crutching a sheep is just getting the wool off its bum. So then it doesn't poo and get flies and get flies. It's getting basically getting fly blown. And it's, it's gross. It's a pretty, it's a very shit job. <laughs> but nevertheless, grab out the sheep, crutch it. And I look back and it's just like an error has occurred on my phone for the pre-order. I'm like, oh god! So I hit it again. I'm basically like grabbing a sheep, crutching it, then going back, looking at my phone. Error, error, error. And this goes on for 15 minutes. I'm like, all right. At this point, I'm getting like a bit stressed. I'm like, I, you know, I don't, I can't just not be working. But at the same time, if I don't get this pre-order, um, I'm going to miss out on an Xbox Series X. And um, you know, I flipped it, I flipped the Twitter real quick, and I noticed that press start says that the Xbox Series X has already sold out um, at EB Games. I'm like, shit. Um, yeah, I, I got to admit, I was pretty heartbroken because I'm really looking forward to the uh, next generation of uh, Xbox. Um, just with Game Pass, you know, I've talked about it on the show how just Game Pass is just it works so well for me. Um, going between PC and um, Xbox itself, and um, I'm ready to move away from Xbox One. Uh, kind of like very much like when switch came out it's time to move away from the wii u <laughs> you know it's just the um nintendo and xbox have you know the past generations have pr- been pretty uh ordinary but um because of sort of wet weather that that day i was able to um actually go home about lunchtime and uh i set up all my computers and everything <laughs> just trying to get into the pre-orders and um, luckily enough, thanks to Press Start being really great on Twitter and on their website, they pointed us towards a, a Target pre-order and I got in on Target. Uh, the only thing with Target is they wanted the full amount. There was no deposit. So because of that, it's like, all right, 750 bucks. I guess I'm spending that today, not 200 But um, it's good that I got secure. I did, uh, I did notice yesterday that some people lost their pre-orders um, because I believe it was a... Cl- uh, if you did click and collect, um, that wasn't like 100%, whereas... Um, if you do delivery, it seemed to be a lot more uh, reliable. So yeah, um, um, yeah, pretty heartbreaking stuff. If you did miss out on the pre-order, especially since it was such a a big day, just of like looking, <laughs> just like jumping around websites. I've never experienced that before. Um, I never pre-ordered um, a PlayStation Four or 
Xbox One. That was back when I was in high school. Didn't have the money for next generation console. Uh, Switch was really easy. I was onto that as soon as possible. I was just waiting for that. And I think it just went up for pre-order when the, that initial uh, event happened in uh, Japan. And, you know, I was ready to jump on it straight away. That was no issue. Got in really easy. And, um, yeah, I mean, I remember the Wii U. That was very easy. I remember going into EB Games and there was three people, including me and Bryce. <laughs> there was like no one there. And I actually ended up getting mine from Kmart because it was like $80 cheaper. And there was one other guy in Kmart as well. This is when they did video games. I don't do video game consoles or games anymore. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, very uh, a very popular item. It just seems like they haven't made that many, which uh, with the coronavirus and all the everything that's going on this year, it's no surprise, no surprise at all. But yeah, I saw some people on Twitter as, as well getting like really antsy about it all. But yeah, but just in the last bit of Xbox talk, uh, this happened just after we finished recording last week and everyone's heard about it now. You've heard it to death. I don't have to talk about it too much, but Microsoft buying Bethesda, like, holy shit. I was sat right here uh, just wrapping up the show. Um, my good friend Daniel Treadray was over. He was doing, he was recording us for a uni project and we were talking and I, was, I looked at my phone and it was a tweet from Jason Schreier saying that uh, breaking news, Microsoft is uh, in the process of acquiring Bethesda and uh, ZeniMax, um, um, their parent company. I'm like, holy shit. And then I'm like, is this real? Like, surely not. And then like five minutes later, Microsoft and the official news came out. So it's just like, it's a mind-blowingly huge acquisition. It just shakes the video game uh, industry so much. Um, on the Nintendo side of things, obviously, we don't get a whole lot of Bethesda games. Uh, Bethesda's very good at sort of supporting Switch with, uh, you know, ports of Doom. Um, you know, Doom Eternal was, is meant to come out eventually. Uh, you know, we've got Skyrim and all that type of stuff. That, you know, they're supporting the Switch where they can, but um, all their big stuff, you know, it's not coming to Switch day one or anything. Um, it's mainly for like the PlayStation folk who are like, are we still going to get your games? And um, my sort of stance on that until anyone else says otherwise is that, yes, they'll continue publishing on PlayStation. I wouldn't worry too much just on Xbox. You're going to be getting a much better deal if you're subscribing for 15 or 16 Australian dollars a month to Game Pass. And I think that's the conversation they want us to have. But yeah, just absolutely huge. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. So yeah. Um, so let's move into the show. Bit of a Microsoft talk there, but I'm, I'm sorry about that. But it's just been a, a very Microsoft heavy week. Um, yeah, been uh, really excited about the next generation of Xbox and PlayStation, and obviously uh, even going into uh, later this year with uh, Age of Calamity and stuff. It's going to be. It's just who has enough uh, money to buy all this stuff? Um, you know, I'm buying a fair bit of it, but not everything I want. Because you got to try and be a bit responsible with your money every now and again. But I don't know. We'll see how I go with that. So the game I want to bring up, uh, first of all, just uh, talking about stuff I'm playing. But I'm actually playing this here. I've bought it. And the game a lot of people are talking about that just came to Switch last week was Hades, which was mentioned in the uh, Indie Direct um, or presentation or whatever it was called. Can't quite remember. But this is um, a game I'm really excited to get into. Um, I've been sort of addicted to something else. Uh, which I will touch on afterwards. But Hades, just for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the summary of it from Metacritic is defy uh, defy the god of death as you hack and slash your way of through hack and slash your way out of the underworld in this roguelike dungeon crawler from the creators of Bastion and Transistor. And I've seen a lot of talk through reviews and other means that like this game is being compared to Dead Cells and Dead Cells is one of my favorite games on Switch. Definitely, it probably is my favorite indie game for like the last five years. I absolutely love it. Have I finished it? No, but I sort of see that game as like a score attack game. I was like, oh, let's see how far I can get. And it's been sort of on my mind lately as something I want to get back to. Really looking forward to uh, doing that whenever I um, <laughs> find the means to. Um, but yeah, I bought this game so I could get the seven bucks off the 20% before that ran out. Cause I definitely knew I was going to get it. And at the moment it's sitting at a 92 on Metacritic. So very great, good scores. And just going down to, um, an outlet I recognize. So GameSpot, they gave it a 90 and the reviewer there says, I'm sure there's a point where after running through hell enough times, I've seen all Hades has to offer both. It's clever and endless fights and it's, uh, many alluring characters, uh, 
in intimate moments and rewarding quests. The story does end, but what matters so much more are the moments between the start and the end of the story. Uh, and the people who help us see those uh, cinematic moments, but also stick with uh, stick with us between them. Uh, they're the reason we keep trying and the reason we keep coming back. So just the idea that it's roguelike, just the combat looks awesome. I love the art style. Um, the idea that the characters and everything are so uh, personable and everything. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to jumping into it. But I've been playing some other things that I've really gotten addicted to and I want to finish this week. So the first game I've been playing, and I actually came out last week as well, is a, a game called um, uh, Twin Breaker. <laughs> and I've been following this game for a long time. It's de- developed by Lilymo Games and also written by someone who I follow very closely in the podcasting scene, uh, Colin Moriarty. Some of you might know Colin from his... Uh, time at beyond at IGN and uh, it's kind of funny and now at CLS um, he's kind of a controversial person in the industry Um, personally I don't have any problem with him but I know a lot of people do if you're listening to this and you're like I hate Colin you know I'm sorry about that but it it is what it is Um, but twin break it's really excellent little uh, twin stick uh, well it's not a twin I was about to say twin stick shooter but no it's a it's like a a block block. (laughs) um oh I'm uh, dying here. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's it's a it's a brick breaker. Yeah, uh, I took a long time to get there. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, it's a really fantastic little uh, brick breaker game, and I found myself just getting like a bit addicted to it. It's got that really great arcade quality, and uh, I found myself just like sitting there and just really enjoying it. It's got 40 stages, and you go through each stage, and they add different elements in as the stages go on. But to sort of tie into uh, Colin's involvement, what he did was he was the writer of the game. So he made a neat little story to go along with uh, you know, progressing through all the stages. And I feel like a game like this, it really did benefit from the story. And the story is, you know, it's a, uh, I was going to say it's pretty basic, but it's really not. It's really in-depth, especially for what this type of game is. You probably wouldn't expect um, a Brick Breaker game to have like this much sort of <laughs> nuance to the story. And I think um, to some point, uh, the story is a bit too bloated for maybe the type of experience you're looking forward, uh, looking for in like a arcade brick breaking game. But the the idea of the story is uh, that generation ships left Earth to go to Mars. They got lost along the way, so they send out these uh, two um, heroes of the story, uh, greetings and salutations, which are basically Chris and Colin from the PlayStation podcast Sacred Symbols. And you go out and um, you there's sort of this uh, threat along the way, which you sort of learn who it is and what it is um, once you finish the game. And it's just a really great sort of um, string along the way to sort of get you through the game because a lot of these games, you sit, like there's 40 stages, you sit down, you do them all, good on you. But it's actually great having a, a bit of a story to go along with it. And there's collectibles and all that. And um, I know like a lot of people really enjoy sort of getting all these collectibles and getting the uh, platinum trophy on PS Vita and PlayStation 4. But um, when it came to Switch, there's like the collectible section. So you can see your collectibles. It's kind of like, I guess kind of like Smash Bros. You can go and see all your awards and they're like, oh, cool, I've got that one, don't have that one. You can do that in this game, which is a uh, really smart of uh, the developers there. But um it is kind of uh, the point of where uh, I wish Nintendo really did have an achievement system because uh, I guess it lacking it uh, really does sort of show in a, a game like this because it would be fun to be like, all right, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to get all the high scores. I'm going to do the new game plus. I'm going to get all the uh, collectibles. But on Switch, um, there really isn't that much, uh, I guess, reason to do it unless you like you just want to do it. Um, which, which is, you know, it kind of sounds weird saying that because it's like, yeah, well, if you don't want to do it, <laughs> why would you do it? But yeah, but to the actual gameplay itself, it's really fantastic. So each stick, you control a different, um, I guess one of their ships, which are basically the, you know, the paddles, you're, you're hitting the ball into the blocks to break them. And, um, yeah, there's a, it's, it gets interesting as well because, like, you start off the first few stages as two, and then what they do is they, uh, throughout the game, they introduce um, another pair of paddles. So you have four paddles to control, and this is a this is what I see a lot online. People discussing it on Twitter that 
um, it does get pretty tricky when you're trying to manage four paddles all at once. So how they sort of do this is they have the controls, um, each side of the control stick, like your left analog stick and your right analog stick. So um, your left analog stick will control the side and um, bottom left, uh, I guess, paddle. And then the right analog stick will control the, the other side. And I found, I found it really breaking my brain. And uh, someone on Twitter said, you know what, this is why I don't play drums. And I actually don't have that excuse because, you know, <laughs> I, do, I do play drums. I haven't played them in a while, but I, I did play drums. Um, but I found like you sort of move it up to control the side panel and you move it left and right to control the bottom one. And this works when, because the ball is you know, always usually on one side or the other, unless you get a power up, which is like a multi-ball uh, sort of system, then, you know, th there might be balls everywhere, but I'm, <laughs> I'm too, uh, <laughs> I can't control two balls at once. Only one ball at a time. Um, but I found myself really wanting to sort of control the side paddles with the left stick and the bottom paddles with the right stick. I looked in the, into the controls and there was sort of no option for this. So I'm like, okay, no worries. Um, but I wish that option was there because like I found myself at just like, like I'll be like moving the, uh, moving it up and down. And then like when it goes down, I'll, I'll like actually move the other stick to try and swipe it over. So that's how my brain sort of works. I don't know if uh, other people have that sort of, uh, I guess, problem with controlling the game, but um, it seems to be a pretty common um, thing a lot of people are bringing up. But I didn't find the game too hard. I sat down. I, I'm going to assume I finished uh, the first run of the 40 stages in about two hours. Don't know. I was sort of watching TV and doing it on my Switch Lite, so I wasn't paying that much attention to the actual time um, I invested in it. But um, I got to say, definitely worth the money. Um, you know, I'm someone who follows Colin and now Lilimo Games pretty closely because I've been listening to Colin for almost ten years. So he's like one of my favorite podcasters, and he's definitely someone who has inspired me to do this, like, like for real. So um, I consider, I consider him like you know one of my favorite podcasters so um i'm just putting that on the table so you know if there's any bias coming from me that is uh, that is how it is but um you know i bought it for 12 bucks there was an uh, introductory sale on at the time 20 percent off i think it's usually 15 australian and i gotta say like just for like a if you want a nice pick up and play game that is just really arcadey aim for high schools get through the game there's a new game plus so you can go through all 40 stages again um just on you know harder difficulty definitely recommend it um, yeah, just a fantastic game. Um, and like, um, I think the biggest sort of praise I can give this game is that I was coming home from work and I have that feeling in the back of my head where I'm like, I want to go and play Twin Breaker. So <laughs> that's exactly what these arcade games do. They're, they, they're addictive. You just want to pick them up and, you know, and play them. So that's definitely, uh, the biggest, uh, bit of a praise I can give it. Um, and, uh, the other game that I've been putting the most time into, and this might be a bit surprising or not surprising at all if you, if you know me, but back in 2018, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate came out, um, just, you know, you've heard it from me before, amazing game, you know it, all the fighters in it, absolutely fantastic, but when it came out, uh, the adventure mode, uh, World of Light, I, I barely touched it, all I wanted to do was unlock the characters, um, play with the new ones, play multiplayer with Bryce and other friends. There was no like desire to sit down and get into the modes. And sort of lately with work being what it is, being pretty busy, you know, I really need that comfort food. And I was thinking about going and playing through Pokemon Sword, not not Pokemon Sword, Pokemon Shield, since I already played through it. I need to get the legendaries and add to Pokemon Home, you know, whatever. Um, but I need some comfort foods. My, well, I never actually played through World of Light. Um, so that's what I picked up. When I picked it up, I only had about two hours into the game. Now, I think I'm literally, I'm at 20 or I'm a little bit under 20, but I've put a lot of time into this game. When I sort of get home, I pick up my Switch, I'm playing it and playing it on the TV, which I haven't actually done in a long time because I've been using my Switch Lite for the last two months, like exclusively. So playing it on the TV was really nice. It's <laughs> And just uh, talking about that too, um, as someone who's been playing the Switch Lite for many months now, and haven't really touched my Switch much, uh, mainly because I've made my primary system the Switch Lite because I, it's a bit smaller and I can take it away, you know, whatever. Um, but going back to the normal Switch in handheld mode, my launch Switch, um, 
that little bit bigger screen and just like the way it feels, like that being that bit bigger, I'm like, oh, this feels good. This feels really good. <laughs> um, just having that bit bigger screen. I, I know like it, it's kind of weird because when I'm used to my normal Switch and I go to my Switch Lite, I'm like, oh, this feels good. It's nice and small. It's got it's, got its D-pad, uh, really nice. But when I go back to the Switch, I'm like, that feels good too. Um, so I think it's like, it's one of those things where it's like grass is greener on the other side, which one you're not playing, like, oh, this is better or whatever. But anyway, World of Light, I'm really, really liking it, guys. It's so much fun. Um, and if I forced myself to play through this back in 2018, I wouldn't have enjoyed it because all I wanted to do was play competitive matches of Smash. But now I'm actually looking to progress through something and just, um, I guess, get that Smash gameplay. Um, I absolutely love it. Um like just the exploration of it. There's just the map is so big and just going through and cleaning up every spirit as you're going through, um, finding portals to like other bits and just all the references. Like we all know Smash Bros is like the ultimate reference game. Obviously, it's the, the biggest crossover of all time. Um, but just like the bits were like the Street Fighter crossover when you're like on a world tour going through it and you're going through all the characters. There was a, a bit in the dark world. Um, I will touch on some spoilers, but I haven't finished the game, but I will touch on some spoilers uh, in, early on in the dark world. So skip forward if you don't want spoilers for that. But it isn't too much. I wouldn't worry about it too much. But there is a section dedicated to The Legend of Zelda early on in the dark world, and it basically mimics like sort of a mini dungeon. And it's just fantastic. Like I'm just going through going as it is. And then it gets to that and like you've got to like do a little puzzle. You've got to like work out um, this sort of clock pattern on these um, uh, torches and all that. It's just really well done. And uh, then there's another bit as well where it's like it mimics like going through um, a castle in Castlevania where you do like little, um, there's a bit of a puzzle with uh, cannonballs and all that. So I'm just really, really liking it. And I'm going through it at the moment with Byleth, which is my favorite DLC character. And... I wouldn't have been able to do that back in 2018 because he and she did not exist. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So really liking um, playing through Smash Bros. And I'm going to be playing through it for probably um, however much longer it takes. I think it takes uh, anywhere from 20 to like 35 hours. I do want 100% it because I am on the mission at the moment to get all of the spirits in Smash Bros. I think I'm like at 600 and something. There's about 1,500 and something spirits at the moment because I just keep adding them through the DLC, through events. Um, there's a lot in there. So wish me luck. That is what I'm hunting at the moment. I'll, you know, I've, I've caught all the Pokemon. I've done this. I need something to collect. So catching those uh, or getting those JPEGs in Super Smash Brothers is what I'm after at the moment. So, yeah. So that's pretty much what I've been playing. Um, looking forward to getting into Hades. Twin Breaker, definitely recommend. Nice, you know, you know, semi-cheap game to get and Smash Bros. It's uh, it's like, do you recommend Smash Bros? I recommend Smash Bros. I think Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is one of the top three games on Nintendo Switch. absolutely love it. But at the same time, if it's not your thing, then, you know, whatever. <laughs> so we've got a bit of news to get into, so let's jump into it. Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? I fight for my friends. Alrighty, so the first one is from Vooks.net, and this is all about the Monster Hunter Rise Amiibo. So, the article is, uh, First shots of Monster Hunter Rise Amiibo revealed. And the article reads, When Monster Hunter Rise was announced, last week several Amiibo were announced alongside it. However, uh, there were just some artistic Im impressions of what it could be. Today, we get a proper look at the figures. Um, these images come from listing from Amazon Japan. So there's a picture of the Amiibo. And if you sort of looked at the, um, I guess, the, the illustrations from uh, last week, they look very much like you would expect it to. You've got the Palico and all of that. The Palico, I don't know, it looks, uh, you know, it's, it, for anyone that doesn't remember, that's the dog uh, sort of uh creature you ride in the new uh, game and yeah it's always look a little bit look a little bit derpy i'm not sure if it's meant to look derpy i know it's meant to be based off a dog but you know it is what it is so continuing on uh, the amiibo are based on the palamute uh, uh magnal maligo and palico uh, characters Nintendo australia says the amiibo will be released here but how to get them or where to buy them hasn't been announced yet 
the Malago is also a part of the collector's edition version of the game, which launches alongside of the regular version when the game um, version of the game on March 26th, 2021. So pretty cool stuff. Um, it is. Uh, I was looking at this collector's edition. So you get some, you get some you get a pin. You get the uh, Magnalamo. Oh, I can't, I can't even say it, guys. Uh, Magnamelo Amiibo. All right. And you get uh, some deluxe kit DLC pack and you get the game. So cool. I wouldn't actually mind picking up the limited edition with the Amiibo and that, but I do want the digital version of the game because it is one of those games where you just want to jump into it. Uh, no questions asked. And it is funny because a lot of the times when a digital uh, sort of collector's edition is announced, uh, a lot of people are like, why would you get a physical copy of the game but just get a download code? And you know what? I actually kind of prefer that <laughs> when it comes to Switch. So yeah. Uh, so next up is also from Vooks.net. And this was a this was a really random one. So Kirby Fighters 2 is officially revealed and available now on the Nintendo eShop. Um, so while Nintendo let the cat out the bag yesterday, um, it got leaked apparently. I never even noticed. But uh, Kirby Fighters 2 has now been officially announced and it's out right now. The game will set you back 30 Australian dollars and you can grab it here. Seeing as how we didn't know the game existed before yesterday, we're not sure how uh, we're not sure how it is. But uh, the first game was all right. So the first game, Kirby Fighters Deluxe, was on DS, and I never actually um getting really did I give it a go? No, I don't think I did. Um, hope that the second one is even better. So the bit of the write up and summary of the game is Kirby delivers a phenomenon of attacks to each battle with a selection of thir- uh, 17 copy abilities from throughout the Kirby series, including sword and cutter. Kirby Fighters 2 also marks the debut of Kirby's new wrestler ability. Don't be fooled by Kirby's cuteness though. This athletic orient mask hides the face of a determined fighter. In the game story mode, team up with a friend or a CPU to take on a friendly match against King Diddy and Meta Knight. And climb and climb your way up the tower of trial to the final battle. Between each floor of this ascending tower, fighters can also strategically choose items to boost selected stats. Prepare for an onslaught from a variety of foes as you climb the tower. So looking into this game, when it was announced, I'm like, oh, cool, so another one of these on 3DS. It never really uh, sort of interested me enough to pick it up. Um, I think the thing, everyone looks at this game, they'll say, oh, it looks like Smash Bros. And you know what? It does. It kind of looks like Smash Bros. if you set it the stamina and you don't have like the knockback of, um, you know, your typical Smash game. But I was thinking about picking it up. I've got to be honest, my main sort of draw, like, oh, should I get this? Was to discuss it on the podcast. I know like a lot of you guys would be in the same boat as me. But like, you know what? I don't have to worry about that. And listening to something like this, that'd be like... Um, a good thing to sort of hear about. Maybe I can, maybe you'd want to pick it up afterwards or you'd be like, no, I'm good after hearing about what it actually is. Um, but, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm actually really into Smash Bros at the moment. So I don't know where this like <laughs> sort of like um, Smash Lite game is going to fit in at the moment. Um, I'm definitely going to add it to my wish list just to be like, all right, I'm going to pick this up eventually. Um, I think it, if it went on to sale for 20 Australian, I'd be a lot happier to pick it up. But at the moment, I'm not too um, interested. But there's like a lot of content in there. So there's the story mode, there's multiplayer. Um, there's just like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. So if you're a big Kirby fan and you want to bash up other Kirby and Meta Knight and King DDD, it might be something you might be interested in. All right, so the last article from books.net is sort of a, a bit of a summary from uh, TGS. So Horror Warriors Age of Calamity gets a new story trailer. So a new story trailer along with a bunch of new gameplay footage from Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity has been revealed during an online TGS presentation tonight. Um, So just, I guess, better clarify, TGS stands for Tokyo Game Show. So that was over the last week. Um, We got a lot of new details on some more Japanese-centric games. Um, I've got to be honest, I haven't kept up super to date with TGS this year just for the fact that I've been out and about, um, been pretty busy, but... um, I've been keeping an eye on the Horror Warriors stuff sort of coming up. So anyway, it continues on to say, the new trailer shows off fresh gameplay from the game as well as more of the story. There's also a look at a 100 years younger Impa who is playable in-game. The new trailer also shows a new bonus. If you have Breath of the Wild save, you get a training sword. And they, and they go on to say, well, it's better than nothing. 
The presentation is still running. Uh, the video is included, so I'll leave a link to this video. You can go and check out uh, more gameplay of Hyrule Warriors in the show notes. So, um, yeah, it's one of those games where I'm really excited. And, like, when they show more of, like, the story content that's going to be coming to this game, I'm like, yes. Uh, Breath of the Wild had an amazing world, an amazing backstory, and you sort of get, got chunks of that as you're going through the memories of the game. But really, Breath of the Wild, it wasn't based around, um, you know, the story. But uh, sort of the world and how it was built is just ripe for an amazing story. So I'm really excited to go back and like just like seeing like um, you know Link being chosen as the as a you know Link's oh sorry not Link's as Zelda's champion you know, in the champions before they died <laughs> it would be nice um, just like the actual war itself like you know that we all know sort of that bit in the trailer like with Breath of the Wild was announced all the guardians sort of storming the town you know we're going to be able to live those moments in this game it's going to be really fantastic. Really looking forward to it. Um, November 20th. It seems like such a long way away, but I get. I think it will be here a lot sooner than a lot of us think. So moving on. So this is from my Nintendo News, and the uh, title is UK Charts. Um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is number one in the UK, and it's the, it's the UK's biggest box game of September. So the UK, uh, the latest UK software charts have been released. Uh, this week included the launch of Mafia Definitive Edition and Mafia Trilogy, both debuted at number three and six, uh, respectively. However, the game that just keeps going is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Not only did it stay at number one for another week, despite its sales being down 78% since the week it launched, but it's also the biggest box game of September in the UK. This surpasses box game sales for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 and Marvel's Avengers which I think the second one there, Marvel's Avengers, that is like, you know, that's a big game. That's that's the Avengers, man. <laughs> um, but here's the chart data. So num- number one is also obviously Super Mario 3D All-Stars, but number two is Marvel's Avengers. Number three is uh, uh, Mafia Definitive Edition. And at number four is still Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number five is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, so Nintendo's obviously going very well. Switch games, evergreen titles that are living... And um, I'm sure if that's the, that's the thing that sort of baffles me with the limited uh, sort of, I guess, quantity of uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, that Mario Kart 8 is still up there. Animal Crossing New Horizons will be there for a long time. And there's no reason 3D All-Stars wouldn't be there for a long time as well. So why you would limit that, I don't know. Um and a lot of people are saying like, oh, maybe they'll add them to Switch Online later. Maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll do that. Um, I've sort of learned a long time ago with Nintendo. You can't guess what they're going to do. And you can't guess why they'll do something. Um, with the 3DS, with the ambassador system, when we got Game Boy Advance games, they had a Game Boy Advance emulator working on 3DS. They had 10 Game Boy Advance games that are definitely working on 3DS. Um, you could have guessed that a year's time they'll start bringing Game Boy Advance games to the virtual console. Never happened. In the seven years of that system, it never happened. So saying that they're going to do something with these games after, <laughs> after, or say after March, uh, there's, I don't think there's uh, there's anything they're going to do. With it. I think they're just going to take it away and say, oh, it should have been quicker. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thing. But going on with sort of the sales of um, the 3D All-Stars, so this one is from Nintendo Life, and in the Japanese charts, Super Mario 3D All-Stars goes top with 210,000 um, box sales in three days. So the article reads, Famitsu's Japanese uh, chart figures are now in for the 14th to the 20th of September, revealing that Super Mario 3D All-Stars has debuted uh, in first place. You know, they go on to say, was there any doubt? There was a little bit. There's a lot of stuff coming out, but uh, it's also three Mario games in limited quantity, so maybe not. Um, the new compilation of Mario Classics shifted more than 210,000 physical copies in just three days to get there, uh, comfortably beating last week's number one, Ring Fit Adventure. So another big one, that uh, Ring Fit Adventure was just randomly at number two. We all know that uh, sort of uh, stock for that game was just very low, just obviously with everyone being stuck at home, I need a sort of alternative to uh, get some cardio in and 
a lot of people buying a Ring Fit Adventure. And uh, Bryce, um, he actually picked up Ring Fit Adventure as well. I was going to, on this episode, I was going to be like, all right, how's it going? You know, type of thing. But we'll find out next week, hopefully. Hopefully he's gotten into it. And maybe he's, uh, you know, he's, his cardio is just like 100% really good <laughs> after smashing it all week. Probably not with a bit of a sore throat. He's probably not doing too much cardio. I know I wasn't a few months ago. Um, so, uh, yeah. It also earned first place position in the UK charts this week, as I just said. Um, it wasn't the only game to reach the top 10, though, with a PES 2021 season update on PS4 coming fourth. Uh, Pro Baseball Famitsa 2020 earning fifth place on Switch. And Uzra Lane Crosswave landing in eighth. I got no idea what any of those games were apart from PES. Like, seriously. So, just for the sale charts in Japan. So, Super Mario 3D All-Stars at number one. Ring Fit Adventure at number two. Animal Crossing New Horizons at number three. E-Football e Winning 11 2021 Season Update on PS4 at four. So, that was PES, I believe. It's called E-Football over there. Hmm, interesting. At number five is Pro Baseball Famitsa. At number six, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. At number seven, Clubhouse Games uh, 51 Worldwide Classics. Uh, Azra Lane Crosswave, which is a Nintendo Switch game. And uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield at number nine. And Super Smash Bros. Ultimate number 10. Now, is if that is not a Nintendo-dominated top 10, holy crap, there's only one game on there that isn't on Switch. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> a Switch hard hardware sales saw another boost this week with the original model perform performing particularly nicely. Here's this week's figures followed by the timeline sales in brackets. So Nintendo Switch sold um, 77,000. PS4 sold... Oh, wow, that's already low. 1,423. PS4 Pro sold 300 and. 78. Wow. I guess, you know, we're going to the next generation. People have surely have already got it unless you're picking it up real cheap on their thing. So, yeah. And the, the last bit of news until we get into sort of the big Pokemon news was uh, Pokemon Go Mega Houndoom battle uh, raid battles start up next week. So, I haven't actually caught up on the news, so I'll be learning about this as well. Um, I guess uh, I didn't talk about Pokemon Go. So, last week, there was a Pokemon Go Community Day uh, all about Porygon. And Porygon is one of my favorite Pokemon, full stop. Absolutely love it. Got great memories of going to the um, the gambling hall in Celadon City. I, I, I'm blanking on what it's called. Um, and getting enough coins, because you've got to grind those coins to buy a Porygon. So absolutely love Porygon, involving into Porygon Z and um, also one of my favorite shinies. So the ability to actually get heaps of shinies of Porygon, absolutely loved it. Loved my time with it. Um, so I sat at home and I ended up with uh, 16 shiny Porygon, which I'm very excited to get into the main games. <laughs> because yes, Porygon Z is my baby. Anyway, uh, onto the article, which is actually from Nintendo Enthusiast. So Niantic has announced to all players that Mega Houndoom is on its way to Pokemon Go. The bonus is that you don't have to wait uh, long either. Pokemon Go Mega Houndoom Battle Raids will start Tuesday, September 29th at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and uh, 1 o'clock uh, PT for you guys in America. No idea what that is here. Um, I assume it's just like in daytime. Anyway, for us in Australia and Europe and wherever, whatever. Uh, this will give you and your friends the chance to battle against one of the meanest looking Pokemon out there, uh, not least because of the colossal horns and extremely fashionable shoulder points. Niantic announced that the Pokemon would be coming to the game as a result of plays clearing 275 million mega, uh, mega battle Mega Raid Battles Worldwide. I don't know why it's such a tongue twister. Uh, any players looking to get their hands on Mega Houndoom themselves are in luck. Um, as they will be able to get one by Mega Evolving Houndoom. Uh, you need to complete a number of battle raids against Mega Houndoom to, to earn Mega Energy. Uh, when you have enough of this, you'll be able to Mega Evolve your own Houndoom. Uh, even, if you don't, even if you don't have one just yet, it's worth grinding out these battle raids so that you, so that you have enough Mega Energy saved up. So I'll be honest, with the Pokemon um, Go Mega Raid stuff, I haven't done one. I'm just really not interested in spending 
because at the moment you've got the remote battle raid passes and they cost real money um, unless you're doing a, a lot of stuff each day to earn your daily coins and you're cashing that in. But the changes they've made to the daily coins have made me 100% uninterested in doing gyms. Um, for holding a gym for over 24 hours, you get 30 coins. And for doing other little um, checklists and um, challenges throughout the day, you can earn the extra 20 coins. So you can earn 50 coins a day through doing a, a variety of stuff. Um, and just like it just made me like really uninterested in doing the uh, gyms. Like it really did. So um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit disappointing. I'm sort of enjoying just like... Uh, the catching, collecting aspect of Pokemon Go, but the battle, the battle stuff—they kind of wrecked it for me in the latest update. I got to admit, um, and just the idea of using those uh, passes on just grinding uh, that Mega Energy, like if if I could just do a battle against a Mega Handroom and catch it, I'd be a lot more sort of keen to do it. But you know, just doing multiple, multiple, just to evolve it, then it's only like a limited time thing. I think it lasts for like four hours unless they changed it. I think they might've changed it to like a day or something. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. I haven't been keeping that much attention to it, but uh, yeah, it is something. So, but if you're enjoying the sort of mega update they did only a few months ago, definitely check this out. If you're into mega handroom, I personally would be, I'll be, I'll uh, be looking at it being like, all right, I don't think I'll do it. <laughs> all right. All right, guys, so we're going to have a bit of a break there. We've got some uh, Pokemon, uh, I guess, expansion pass uh, information breaking in a couple of hours' time. So I'll be back to talk all about that a bit later. So catch you then. And we're back from a little break. I gotta say, it's uh, it was nice having a bit of a break between doing an episode. Um, coming, just I spent my break uh, waiting for the presentation, just by playing some Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and doing a bit more of my uh, uh, world of light. Um, but just before I get into some of the Pokemon news that just happened as I'm recording this, um, I just I got some corrections to make. I listened back to the first bit of the episode, and I said a Palico was the dog. Uh, in a Monster Hunter Rise. No, pa- it's the Palamute was the dog. I said a Kirby Fighters Deluxe. It was a bit of a misslip. I said that was on DS. It's not on DS. It's on 3DS. And for some reason, I couldn't say um, the game corner in the Celadon City when I was t- referring to uh, the Porygon uh, Pokemon Community Day. I don't know why. I just couldn't think about it. Um, when you're sort of solo podcasting, you are sort of just... Um, trying to get it all off your tongue as quick as you can and you slip up some words. So I'm sorry about that, everyone. But anyway, uh, the bigger Crown Tundra information bombshell just came and there wasn't a whole lot of new information, but we did get release dates and some nice information regarding uh, Galarian Slowking. So as uh, if you guys watched it, you will know the release date. And it's actually a bit earlier than I originally thought. I thought it was going to be in November sometime. But it looks like it's coming out on the 23rd of October. And on November 6th, there's actually going to be a bundle that includes uh, the DLC along with each version of the game. So there's Pokemon Sword plus the expansion pass for Sword and Pokemon Shield plus the expansion pass for uh, Shield. So if you haven't played uh, Generation um, 8 of Pokemon, uh, you can jump in with all the DLC in November. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I definitely do recommend these games if you uh, feel like playing a bit of Pokemon. They're not like they're not uh, the most mind-blowing games of all time on Switch, but they are good, good fun uh, RPGs to play. So some of the information that uh, they went through, um, it's all pretty quick. There is some, there is like stuff coming out via Cerebri and other websites as I'm recording this. So if I miss something, I, I'm sorry, but I'll try and pick up as much as I possibly can. So. Uh, they talked about uh, Dynamax Adventures, which is basically a legendary max raid battles. So every legendary from every main series Pokemon game is going to be available. Um, some are going to be version exclusive. I try to look around um, just from the graphics Nintendo and the Pokemon company have put out. I haven't been able to find anything just yet of what Pokemon are on which, which game. But um, yeah, hopefully not too many of them are because if you if it like really forces you to have to link up with friends and that, it's like, it is kind of annoying, 
but that is sort of what Pokemon's been doing for years, so there is no surprises there. Uh, it's party of 40, just like max raid battles are, and it looks like you can actually vote on like what path you want to take. So if you get like a, a fork in the path, you can you can all vote on like go left or right, and that will probably change what uh, legendary Pokemon you can get. You can sort of see like ahead of you like what type um, that Pokemon's going to be, so you might be able to guess like, oh, that's a fairy type. That might be Exernius, for example, and you might see Psychic on the other side. Like, oh, that's that might be Mewtwo. So then you have like a bit of discussion about uh, what way you want to go. The only thing about it is we all know Nintendo's online system and especially Pokemon's online system is just rubbish. Uh, it sounds like something you would probably really like to have a voice chat and discuss. So you might want to jump into a Discord and uh, do that type of thing. We've got the House of Mario Discord. I'm sure some of us will go Max or Dynamax adventuring um, if you'd like to do that with us. Um, there's going to be a lot of Pokemon to catch. So uh, the more places you can team up with people, the better. Um, the Galarian Store a star tournament, which we've already seen before. You can team up with uh, the stars of the Gala region, Leon and all of your uh, rivals and everything. Um, we already knew about this. You can basically form up your own dream team so you can uh, select the characters you want on your team. And probably the interesting bit that came out of this, what I don't remember from any of the other trailers, was you can team up certain characters and you get certain dialogue options from or dialogue, dialogue interactions uh together with them. So that's pretty cool. So you might be able to team up uh, Leon and uh, I forgot his, um, I'm forgetting the rival's name. It's getting late, guys. I'm, I'm full on a party. Um, but yeah, you can team up certain people and get uh, some story stuff. So that's pretty cool. And uh, so that was pretty much it. So you got the legendary Pokemon and you're uh, on on an ex- exhibition and you're the exhibition leader. So that seems pretty cool. Like I'm not expecting any... Uh, amazing story the, the last story from the last expansion was just like it was fine it was serviceable it sort of got gave you a reason to be there and it gave you a reason to explore uh the isle of armor but apart from that it was just kind of meh but it was a it was a great land to explore so i'm kind of expecting the same thing here uh just like really exploring the crown tundra and sort of the story on top of that with the context of why you're there uh that's just kind of uh, icing on top of the cake <laughs> Um, but to be honest, some of this other stuff is a little bit more <laughs> interesting to me. Maybe not so much this one, but it's pretty cool, a little bonus nevertheless. So over the next few months, there's going to be eight Ash Hat Pikachu and they'll be available, uh, made available via passwords that are going to be randomly given out. Um, so you better find them online, whether it's through like different videos or online things they're doing, or they're just going to post them on Twitter. Not quite sure just yet, but you can get... The, the first one right now, which the is the original cap Pikachu. So it's basically um, Pikachu wearing Ash Ketchum's first hat from the original anime. And you'll be able to collect them throughout the generations where he changes his caps. <laughs> so if you want to claim that and you don't know the password, the password is Pikachu Get. It's all in capitals and the I is a one. So it's P1KACHUGET if you want to get that one. And this is actually the part that made me go, which actually made me the most happy. I've been waiting for this for a fair bit. So Pokemon Home compatibility uh, will be available available by the end of 2020. And if you send a Pokemon to Pokemon Home, you'll get Gigantamax Melmetal as a gift in Pokemon Home, which then you can send to Pokemon Sword and Shield. And Mel, Gigantamax Metal Mel has been uh, data mined before the game even came out. And we've sort of all been waiting until they finally announce it as a real thing. Uh, in a tournament only, I think a few months ago, I think it was the Players' Cup, uh, Melmetal actually <laughs> they actually leaked it there <laughs> somehow. I don't know how they did, but it's been a Pokemon we've been waiting for a long time to finally uh, get announced, and it's uh, and it's here uh, eventually. So hopefully we do get it by the end of 2020. We, we obviously don't have a date yet. They're sort of just working on it, and when they get it going, they'll get it in. And uh, yeah. And also, when you transfer Pokemon into Pokemon uh, Home from Go, you'll get a... This, it's a kind of a similar thing to the Go Park at the moment uh, in Pokemon Let's Go, where you transfer Pokemon into uh, the Go Park and then you'll get like a, a bit of a, a mystery box and you can open it and you can catch uh, Meltan. Um, so yeah, that's uh, cool for Pokemon uh, Go players and Pokemon Home users like myself. Looking forward to it. And um, yeah, there's uh, stuff coming out. So... Uh, Galarian Slow King was shown. Uh, it, 
it is a psychic poison type, the same as slow bro. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it differs, like, um, whether like certain stats are swapped around, whether it's special attack or attack or whatever. Um, so that's interesting. He's uh, basically the, sh- the shelter on its head has eaten more of its head. So it's actually gone over its eyes and the eyes on the slow king are actually the shelter's eyes. So we'll see how that all goes. I'll, uh, before we end the episode, I'll see if any more information of uh, that has come out. But um, looks pretty cool. Um, it is it is kind of weird. I guess it's not really, but I wasn't expecting it to be a psychic poison the same, the same as a slow bro. I know like the original uh, Slow Bro and Slow King were obviously water psychic, so it's not too much of a surprise that both of these Pokemon are the same type, but I was expecting a little bit more diversity between them, but it, it is what it is. Um, just uh, I'm on, um, what is it, Cerebi.net at the moment. They're a fantastic Pokemon resource. Uh, there, was, uh, there was something very interesting to do with... Uh, Secret ability capsules. So what's it called here? It is confirmed that Pokemon Sword and Shield Crown Tundra contains a new item, the ability patch that allows you to change a Pokemon's ability to its hidden ability. So this is something uh, the Pokemon community have been wanting since uh, since the last uh, DLC update. As uh, where, you know, there's the ability capsule where you can swap between its usual abilities, a Pokemon's normal abilities. So if you get a Pokemon that has the wrong ability, you can like use the ability capsule, which you can buy with battle points, which are pretty easily obtained in the games. You can swap the ability and you can make it more viable or more um, sort of in line with what your tactic might be. Because you might get a shiny Pokemon and it might be like, oh, it's got the wrong ability, it's useless. Um, but hidden abilities, which can only be bred on, uh, you couldn't change that with a ability capsule. Um, you could only swap between just uh, normal abilities. And usually hidden abilities are the better ability in most cases. Uh, so in competitive battling, if you don't have that hidden ability, um, it's just kind of useless. So this is just another uh, thing that makes it easier for competitive Pokemon players to get the ability that they want. And even if you're not a competitive Pokemon um, battler and you just want a certain ability, that, that would be nice. You can just uh, get this item and change it yourself. It is. Uh, it will be interesting to see how hard this item is to get. It might be really difficult, or it might be just given out. Um, a lot of items in Pokemon Sword and Shield are just like given out pretty easily. Even uh, really good at uh, IV Pokemon. So, all right. What we else we got here? Uh, we have updated. Da, da, da. Uh, po- oh, this is interesting. If you want to actually know when you can get each of the hatted Pikachu. So the Cap Pikachu will be distributed uh, on the following time. So Hoenn Cap will be October 2nd. Uh, Sinnoh Cap will be October 9th. Unova Cap will be October 16th. Kalos Cap will be uh, October 18th. Alola Cap will be October 23rd. And the World Cap will be October 30th. So it seems like they're going to be given out fairly quickly on the lead up and just a little bit after the release of the Crown Tundra. So make sure you get on it. I know this is the type of thing I'll probably forget. Hopefully, I'm going to hope and try and get them all. You could get them previously. I forgot how you were. It was back like an X and Y or Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire days where you could actually get these uh, these capped Pokemon. I actually missed out. So this is going to be a great time to sort of catch up and all of that. So I'm uh, I'm excited about the news. Um. There really wasn't much regarding the actual content itself that was new. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward for another reason to jump into these games. Um, I jumped back into it with the Crown Tundra. Not the Crown Tundra, the Isle of Armor. And I really enjoyed the Isle of Armor. It was a lot uh, better sort of wild area. The wild area, once you've explored it and you've spent hours in there, it's just pretty flat, pretty boring. And it's actually kind of small <laughs> once you're like actually familiar with it. Um, especially because of that like first time you go in there and it is just so big and so you know somewhat scary like oh my god these things are going to pounce me that's absolutely kill me but once you get used to it you're like whatever but um the isle of armor is just like so much more nuance to it a lot more areas to explore uh it just looks it's nicer to look at um i guess you're not so much focused on the trees and all of that uh sort of um weird looking assets because there is a lot more in there uh, so I'm looking forward to the Crown Tundra. Uh, I'm not like over the moon about it, but I think it 
is bringing a, f- a fair few nice things. I think uh, maybe the, the the more nuanced things like the uh, hidden ability. Uh, I've already forgotten the name of it. I, I want to call it the hidden ability capsule, but I know that's not what it is. Uh, hidden ability patch. That's the right. Um, I'm really, yeah, looking forward to stuff like that. Hopefully there's more stuff like that where it's just like, oh, this is in there. So that makes it easier to do this. And this is opening it up to the, to, uh, to do this. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, probably the stuff what got me most excited was the Pokemon home stuff. Uh, again, it's compatibility with Pokemon Go. I've been waiting for that for a fair while. Um, so yeah. And I'm sure we'll have uh, lots of fun trying to catch all the new uh, legendary Pokemon that are being reintroduced to the game. Um, it's a bit scary, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think there'll be too many. It'll be interesting to see what the new surprises are going to be, whether uh, like there's like rumors about Calyrex is going to be um, have different forms and there's like lots of stuff. So I don't know whether we'll play the games and we'll just catch Calyrex and be like, cool, awesome, see you later. <laughs> Or there'll be like a lot more nuance to it. Not quite sure. But anyway, uh, it's been a pretty quiet year for Pokemon really. Like there's been, uh, obviously the at the very start of the year, there's been the DLCs announced and that was really exciting. It's pretty much exactly what I wanted from the games. I didn't want to have to buy and start a new game in 2020. I wanted to keep playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. I was still enjoying it. Um, and I just wanted more content. And that's exactly what they gave us. So I, um, I, this is what I want moving forward. If there's going to be a Pokemon game next year, and I believe that 2021 is going to be a huge year for Pokemon. Uh, it's going to be massive. It's going to be the 25th anniversary for Pokemon. Uh, assets have already leaked from the Pokemon trading card game, but there's a Pokemon 25th anniversary art getting around. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be like a presentation in a February, maybe, um, lining up with the maybe the date Pokemon Red and Blue came out in Japan. So, yeah, I think we're going to get new games next year. Probably Pokemon um, Sword and... Not Sword and Shield. Uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes uh, and some other games too. There was a, a bit of a rumor going around, which I didn't really bring up uh, here, but it's something that I've been wanting for a long time. So, obviously, we've got the Pokemon... Not the Pokemon, the uh, Super Mario's 3D All-Stars collection celebrating the 35th. And there's rumors going around which which I don't think there's much uh, credence to. But it would be so awesome if there was a similar thing for the Pokemon series. The rumor that I saw basically contained uh, black and white in the 3DS games uh, being ported into a collection on uh, on Switch. But as much as I would love that and I would buy that, um, you know, those generations aren't necessarily my favorite apart from black and white. But what I would love to see is obviously we had a compatibility with um, Pokemon Bank and the virtual console games on 3DS. So Pokemon Red, Red and Blue, Yellow, Gold, Silver, Crystal. Um, you could transfer those uh, Pokemon straight to Pokemon Bank and it was just a lot easier to sort of have those games integrate. Now, we can go back to those games and we can play them and we can transfer them to 3DS games and then they can go to Pokemon um, Bank and then they can go to home. Like there's a lot of steps to actually move Pokemon into the into the new thing. So what I would love to see, uh, whether this is a part of the Pokemon Home and a, the Pokemon Home subscription, uh, whether they up the price and equate to that, but I would love to see opening the Pokemon Home app, whether, even, even on your phone and on Switch, and having access to Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, Gold, Silver, Crystal, and just like keep going, um, you know, the Game Boy Advance games. So uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, Fire Red, Leaf Green, and the, the uh, this is this is where it gets tricky because if they're remaking Diamond and Pearl, are we going to see Diamond and Pearl? Probably not. Are they going to remake Black and White eventually? Of course they are. So I don't know whether we'll get those games ported for that reason. Even though it's silly because uh, if they're doing the remakes, they should be a lot different to the original versions. Which you know, which the past uh, remakes have been, so I'm not quite sure. But I think uh, at least from Game Boy to Game Boy Advance, being a part of Pokemon Home as a subscription, and having that uh, integrated really easily into being able to like move your Pokemon into Pokemon Home, um, I think that would be fantastic. Because we don't have access to those games anymore. Uh, they can put them on the virtual console. We can buy them piecemeal. You know, I'll be fine with that. I'll be quite happy to go and buy Pokemon Emerald and uh, Fire Red Leaf Green and all of that to play on my Switch on the nice screen and also on the TV. But that is what I would love. 
that is actually a dream announcement for the 25th anniversary uh, next year, being able to play those games on Switch. And whether that is through a virtual console or through Pokemon Home, I think that would be honestly the smartest way to do it. Um, and even like, I know this won't happen, but if you could play those games through the Pokemon Home app on your phone and like they work the same like cross-save with your Switch, like that would be amazing. But we're going way too far. Even if it comes, to, even if the virtual console games come piecemeal to Switch for 20 bucks each, um, <laughs> you know, I still think that'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's some of my favorite games. So I'll, I want to know what you guys think, whether I know this has like just happened. I'm, I'm sort of looking around the Discord and that at the moment. Um, I think people are uh, just like, oh yeah, cool. Like I'll, uh, I'll play it when it comes out, but no one's like, oh my God, because we didn't get anything new really, apart from we get a, a good look at a Galarian uh, Slow King. So just before I sign off, doesn't look like there's too much else going on. Yeah, really, uh, really keen to play it. It's coming out before I thought it was going to come out, October 23rd. So fantastic. Looking forward to playing that. Um, I'm looking forward. I'm happy that it's not in November because November, uh, it's, it's a it's a big it's a big month. Uh, new consoles from PlayStation, Xbox, um, Age of Calamity, brand new Horror Warriors games coming out uh, on the 20th. So there's there's a lot going on that. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting into this DLC in October. But anyway, I think uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Just a, a real quick little tidbit at the end. Uh, so everyone, I just really want to thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 161. Next week's going to be a bit different. I'm not sure what's going on just yet. I'm finally getting my wisdom teeth out. Fingers crossed. Uh, my wisdom teeth operation has been cancelled two times. The first time because my dentist broke his foot. The second time, because I said I had a cough and with everything going on with coronavirus, uh, it's pretty obvious why that didn't go forward. <laughs> so this time, I got no cough. My dentist better not break his foot and um, I'm going to get my wisdom teeth out this Friday. So um, if you're listening to this Friday, you know, thoughts and prayers out there for me. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> but I don't know where that leaves this show next week. I've got to talk to Bryce, see if he can wrangle up anything like he did last time. I was meant to get them out, um, but it's going to be uh, an interesting week. But of course, guys, if you enjoy the show, you can follow me at iDruby. You can follow the House of Mario at the House of Mario. And if you want to play Pokemon and just talk about whatever, jump into our Discord. A lot of people did a couple of weeks ago because of Bryce and I's uh, little pizza bet argument, which uh, I can't believe actually um, happened. But Bryce is a stubborn bastard. So sometimes I just got to put my foot down and be like, all right, don't worry about it. We're having a pizza party. (laughs) Uh, That's actually why he didn't come uh, today. We're actually having such a, a vicious fight with one another. He, he didn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> he just didn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. So this week's Nintendo Jukebox is uh, the Bump of Chicken song they played at the end of this uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield Expansion Pass trailer. So uh, just for a bit of context, Bump of Chicken is a Japanese rock band, and I really loved them um, in high school. I listened to them a fair bit. I can't remember how I came across them. I was obsessed with uh, an anime called K-On, which is basically a bunch of schoolgirls playing like rock music together. It's really a heartwarming, nice anime. So I got into that and I sort of like looking around other bands. I think they're like in my recommendations. Um, this was before Spotify, but I, yeah, I was looking around and I found Bumper Chicken. I really love them. And when I just heard like, hey, we, we teamed up with Bumper Chicken to do, <laughs> to do this uh, um, Pokemon song, I'm like, wow, okay, awesome. That was probably my... Is after Pokemon Go compatibility, this is probably like my second favorite <laughs> announcement. I'm like, cool. So that is uh, Nintendo Jukebox this week. So pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be cool at Pokemon Company Cross Bump of Chicken. So guys, until next week, the doors to the house of Mario are closed. Catch you later.
Music video for you all. Okay. This was a team effort between Pokemon and the popular Japanese rock band Bump of Chicken. So, <gasps> Bump of Chicken. Up for today by inviting you to have a look. I used to listen to them. Enjoy the video. Wow, this is actually pretty cool.